to play and sing a song, uh, and uh, we'll see how that goes. So just pray for me with that. We are very uh, much talking tonight about heaven and going to heaven, and that's actually the, one of the songs I kind of picked out, and uh, so just worship with me. If you know the song, it's a old, kind of an older song. Just sing along, and uh, we'll ask the Lord to help us. That is the goal. That is the end goal of everything that we're doing tonight. That is the goal. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to start my stopwatch and I will do my very best to be cognizant of the time. But I was praying uh, before the youth rally on Friday night and I believe that the Lord spoke something to me and... uh, so if you will turn with your Bibles, we will go to Matthew. I started in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. We'll also read Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. 
And Brother Jerome, I did hand you a list of verses. I don't know if you saw that. And I'll try to stick to that. Praise God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, and Matthew 13, 44. While you're turning there, I would like to also express my appreciation to Brother Brandon Hilton for the time that he spent with me. And uh, thank you very much for that. Sister Hilton, for the hospitality you've shown. I sincerely appreciate that as well. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then Matthew chapter 13 verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Can we talk to God? I need His help today. Would you pray for the, for the preaching of the Word tonight, that God's Spirit will move in this place. Lord Jesus, we need You. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are so good. You are so good, Lord Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name. Talk to your people tonight, Jesus. I need your help. I need your help. Mighty God, we worship and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for the good things that you're going to do. Praise God. You may be seated. I want to talk to us for a little bit. I don't know how long. Again, I'll try to be cognizant of the time, but... I'm going to talk to us tonight about X marks the spot. X marks the spot. Treasure is simply something that we consider highly valuable. And my treasure is not the same as your treasure. Brother Hilton, you might really like cars. I'm not really a big car guy. So if someone has a very nice car, I might say, oh, that's a nice car. But it really doesn't mean anything to me. But, as a geologist, if somebody shows me a cool rock, that's a different story. Or some fossil or something like that, that's something that I can get excited about because that's something that I consider important or valuable. And so a lot of things that you have that you might consider treasure really might not mean anything to anyone else. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. So treasure, therefore, is relative. Now you told me a story where a gentleman told you beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It is. It really is. So we as people, if I could make a spiritual parallel to what I said, we often don't realize how valuable we as God's creation are. We treat our bodies horribly sometimes. And we see in the society that we live, we have a lot of um, back and forth, name-calling, mudslinging. Uh, People are not considering other individuals very valuable, at least not worthy of respect, which is very sad. And we as Christians should be the opposite of that. And I believe that Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 can really be considered a synopsis of God's relationship with man from creation through the cross. That God found a treasure, as it were. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground 
and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. If I can make an analogy, God found a treasure in a field. It was his creation, formed by his own hand, the only part of creation that was not spoken into existence by his word, but rather his hands, got down in the dirt and began to shape and form and mold a man in the image of God. That living soul part, that's what we are in the image of God. But sin caused a separation. Previously, God had walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden every day. But one day was different. God stepped into the garden and he began to walk around. And he walked into the usual places where Adam and Eve usually met him. And they weren't there. That's kind of strange. They're always here. This is the right time of day, right? Yeah. They're always here. Adam. Adam, where are you? No answer. Adam, where are you? And the Bible doesn't talk about this. But we know human nature because we're human. It wouldn't surprise me that God walked through the garden for hours before Adam finally responded. Because that's the way I've acted in my life. I do something and I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. And God calls. I come to church and the preacher begins to talk and he deals with something in my life. But I'm ashamed. And I don't want to respond because I don't want anybody to think that something's wrong. I'm ashamed. Sin makes me ashamed. But it was when Adam responded. Get this. When Adam responded, God could then begin the process of dealing with his sin, of providing a blood sacrifice to cover his sin, and to promise a redeemer, a final deliverance from sin. God couldn't do that until Adam responded. See, Adam was hid from the face of God. God found a treasure. It was hidden until Adam responded. Many people today have, well, I say throughout history really, have spent vast sums of money and even lost their lives in attempts to find hidden treasure or to discover sites that no one has ever seen before. We'll go down to the Antarctic. We've got to find the South Pole. And dozens, if not hundreds of explorers have lost their lives in the process. Most of the reason why is because that site or that treasure, whatever it is, can't respond. Can't respond to the seeker. It's just gold. It's just gold in the ground. It can't say anything. And it would be ridiculous for someone to walk around and call out for the gold to respond. That would be ridiculous. But we are different. We can respond to the presence of God. We can respond to the moving of His Spirit. And so God calls and finally Adam responds. And so the process of regeneration begins. I will submit to you that God is still searching for a treasure today. We, as His creation, are what He considers His treasure. 
His spirit is constantly searching the earth, weighing the hearts of men, earnestly desiring to see that gleam of response in our hearts. Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. That word translated jewels means special treasure. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Those who feared the Lord would talk about his goodness. That was what caught the attention of God because that's when he saw there's a response from the people that I created. They were hidden, but now they're responding to my call. And now I can do something. Now I can write their names in a book of remembrance. Exodus 19.5, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure. That word peculiar again means special. Unto me above all people. Psalm 135.4, For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for his peculiar or special treasure. 1 Peter 2.9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, his own special people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, when I'm going around as a geologist and I'm looking for a rock or a fossil, a lot of times it's kind of hidden under the ground. And in order for me to bring that to light and to see the value of it and the beauty of it, I have to dig a little bit. It was, as it were, in darkness. It was hidden from my full sight. But now I've found it and I brought it up to the light and I see the value. So this man that Matthew chapter 13 talks about has been walking through a field. Maybe he knows who owns it, maybe he doesn't. But he noticed something on the ground. And he kind of knelt and he dug it out a little bit and saw there's something special about what I just found. It was hidden. So what's the next step? Well, i got to find out who owns the field. And so he goes and he finds out who owns the field. But it's not just enough to know who owns the field. You have to buy it before you can just take that out of the ground or else you're going to be in big legal trouble. So if I could make, again, an analogy between Matthew 13 and the plan of God for humanity, in order to purchase the field, the man had to obtain some kind of currency. He obviously didn't have enough money on him right then to buy the field, or at least not the right kind of currency. And so he had to go and sell everything he had in order to get enough money to buy that field. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. It says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. Now again, this is to pastors and ministers, but over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. You see, the plan of God was never to leave the treasure in the dirt. The plan of God was always to prepare a sacrifice, to sacrifice himself 
in order to purchase that treasure. That was the plan of God from the very beginning of time. So this man who found the treasure had to go make some preparations after he bought the field. So first he had to buy it, or first he had to find the treasure, then he had to buy it. And then he had to prepare a place. But, see, he didn't know the treasure was in the field. It was a surprise to him. So he didn't have a place prepared to receive it yet. And I don't know about you, but if I find a treasure, I don't want to just take it home and put it in an old shoebox under the bed. That doesn't make much sense. So instead, I'm going to prepare some place nice place special to receive that treasure. There was a need, however, while he was gone to prepare, there was a need to set a watchman over that treasure. Because I found it, somebody else might come through and find it too. And I have to make sure that now that I own it, I don't want someone else coming and stealing it away. John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. So because of the propensity of thieves to steal treasure, God prepared a way by which His treasure would be safeguarded. And we're going to go to John chapter number 21, verses number 15 and 7, 15 through 17 rather. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. In other words, how much you love me will be shown by your compassion and willingness to feed my sheep. The love of God will be shown in your life by your willingness to help the sheep. First Chronicles chapter 26 and 20, and the, of the Levites, Ahijah was over the treasures of the house of God and over the treasures of the dedicated or holy things. The Levites, you see, were the priesthood. They were uh, in charge of the tabernacle. They were over the holy things. And I submit that again today, the ministry is uh, over the holy things of God, the treasures, as it were, of the house of God, your soul and my soul. When we receive the Holy Ghost, begin to live a holy life. We look to our pastor as the overseer of our hearts and lives, the respons- who has the responsibility, spiritual responsibility for our souls. Jeremiah 3 and 15 says, And I will give you pastors or shepherds according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Your pastor has the same desire that God has. He wants to protect God's treasure from the thief that wants to steal it. And he also wants to make sure that that treasure makes it where it's supposed to. There's a place being prepared to receive that treasure. And your pastor's job, his responsibility before God is to make sure that you make it there. Psalm 78, verses 70 through 72. He chose David also his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. 
And remember what Exodus and Psalms said about Jacob and Israel. So David fed them. Who's them? God's peculiar treasure. According to the integrity of his heart. And guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. So your pastor is leading you with integrity and the ability, the skill that God has given him. And then finally, once that place was prepared, there is a need to bring the treasure to the prepared place. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, verses 2 and 3, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. There is one final and important step, and that is for the owner of the field, the new owner, to come back to the field he first found the treasure in and dig it all the way out and bring it back to his house where he prepared a place. So, going back again to my analogy of rocks and fossils, I have several plastic totes full of rocks and fossils at my house. And some of them are nicer than others. Some of them are just kind of rocks. Some of them are kind of cool. There's some neat stuff in them. Some neat fossils in there. And I have plastic totes, and then I have some nice display boxes. And the plastic totes are kind of the ones that, eh, they're rocks. But in the display boxes is where I have the nice stuff, the treasures as it were. And Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4, I'm going to read several verses here, 4, 7, and 11 through 14, but verse number 4, according as He, God, hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. The plan of God was from the very beginning of time to redeem humanity back to Himself. And then verse 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of of His grace. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise." which is the earnest of our inheritance, this is the key. The earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. We are still in, as it were, the dirt. We're still in the ground. But the plan of God is not to leave the church in the ground. But rather the plan of God is to take the church with Him to heaven. That is the plan and the purpose of God from the very beginning of time. Praise God. 1 John 3.16 Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. And now He is preparing to receive us unto Himself. See, museums don't put their treasures just out on the floor in old containers and shoeboxes. You won't go to the Smithsonian Museum and see the Hope Diamond sitting out in the middle of a table for anybody to pick up. Museums take their treasures and they invest time and money and effort into creating 
secure, airtight, burglar-proof cases for these treasures. The Bible says you don't put new wine in old wineskins. You don't put treasure off in an old dusty corner. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20, just a verse before one of our text verses, Jesus said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The heart of God is with His church. The heart of God is with the people who are called by His name. God has a place for His treasure where moth and rust doth not corrupt, nor thieves break through and steal. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. And I'm just about done if the music would, would come. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about Jesus. We look to Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God in power in heaven. That is the reason that He gave His life. We are the reason that He gave His life. The treasure of God is His church. Those who are called by His name and who live for Him and love Him with all their hearts. That is His treasure. And His vision and the reality that will be is that when He comes back for His church, there will be people from every nation, every kindred, every tribe, every tongue, from all over the world. That is the plan of God. He will redeem unto Himself a people who are called by His name. God to help me. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will touch our hearts, touch my heart, my mind right now, Lord. I need you, Lord Jesus. God wants your heart and he wants your soul. He wants everything about you. Your heart and your soul is a treasure in His eyes. Jesus told His disciples two sparrows are sold for a very small amount. I think it was a farthing. Are you not of much more worth than many sparrows? Your soul in the eyes of God, in the eyes of our Savior Jesus Christ, was worth His life. That's how valuable He thinks you are. Matthew 13, 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, which when a man hath found, he hideth. For joy thereof. 
the joy that he could see before him, the joy of bringing that treasure to himself. That was the joy. He went and sold everything he had. He gave up the riches of heaven and the praises of the angels in order to live among men and be rejected and despised. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. And He gave His life upon a cross for my soul and for yours. I don't know, I don't feel per se that I've delivered everything the way that I, I wanted to or, or felt that I could, should. But I hope that at the end of the night, all of us can understand the deep desire that God has for a reunion with His treasure. The sin that separated us from God paid for with his own blood upon the cross and he is calling us today to believe in his soon return he is calling us today to believe that he will come back and take us to be with him it's a reality I've heard it preached my whole life and I'm not going to lie, for a lot of my life, I just kind of heard it. Your pastor's son, you hear it all the time. The last couple of days, it's become more real to me, I think, than ever before. The desire and the plan of God is for me to dwell in heaven with him for eternity and rather than just some esoteric theory it's a reality and rather than being something that I should be frightened of I've just got to be ready because I, well, I don't want to go to hell well no we don't want to go to hell of course not no one does not really but I want to go to heaven because that's where my Savior is. I want to be like Thomas to see the nail prints in his hand, the spear thrust in his side, be able to fall on my face before his feet and worship him saying, my Lord and my God. To worship him, to cast my crown at his feet, to thank him forever, to sing the song of the redeemed, I think one of the problems that we have with the idea of heaven is because we're so tied to the thought of time. We've talked about this a couple of times, but rhythm, not being in heaven, we're tied to the thought of time. And I think that's part of the reason in my own life why I had such a problem for so many years accepting the reality of eternity. 
because I just couldn't comprehend it. And really, if you try to comprehend it, you probably will drive yourself crazy. I want to go back to John, just one last thing. John 14, verses 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. If we trusted Him to forgive us of our sins, and if we trusted His name enough to be buried, in that beautiful name of Jesus. And if we've received His Spirit into our lives and trust Him and His plan of a pastor for our lives, if we've trusted Him thus far, we need to trust Him for the rest of the way. The final redemption of our bodies. And our Lord Jesus comes again in triumph to take us to heaven. If we could just stand right now. I don't know if anything that I've said tonight has helped anyone. But our God's found a treasure. That treasure is your heart mine he gave everything for it and he bought us with his own blood we're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold but by the precious blood of the lamb and he's preparing a place for us to the where he is there we may be also something in our hearts can believe that something in your heart can believe that tonight receive that trust God's word you can lift your hands and begin to worship and praise him for his beautiful marvelous plan of redemption the treasure of our God is our hearts and souls Lord Jesus touch our hearts I pray tonight help us Lord Jesus